With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, happy Easter to you. And how are you? That's very long. Oh, mouthful. I am great. I love wishing everyone a happy holiday. So let's also uh, wish a happy Passover to all of our Jewish listeners. Ah, well. thank you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. It's April 21st. That's my brother's birthday. So happy birthday to my brother out there, Eric, if you're listening, which you definitely aren't. Uh, Brandon, we are in the middle of Game Week 35 right now, and so it's kind of a funny podcast. You know, I think most people listening to the podcast will, even if even if you haven't played exactly the same style that we have the last few weeks and set yourself up for the double Game Weeks, I mean, almost everybody has some people still playing, right? So we're just going to... You know, we're going to acknowledge that. We're going to focus more on game week 36 and maybe game week 36 through 38. There's only three weeks left in the season. We're going to look ahead to those game weeks with an emphasis on 36 and the triple captaincy. I think we'll also probably end up talking about Liverpool a fair amount because what you do with Liverpool, I think, is really um, can really define a lot of seasons and a lot of mini leagues, right? If you're, if you're, you know, 20 points ahead or 20 points behind, what you do with Liverpool can absolutely define how you finish the season. Is that, Jeez, is that too strong? No, no, no pressure, Josh. What? It's true though, right? Is that, is that not true? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I think given the way all the assets, the attacking assets, especially are priced, you're going to have to cut either the Manchester city or the Liverpool baby in half. Right. Or you, you cut both of them in half. I don't know. So, I prefer cut the bicycle in half. The, the Seinfeld version of that uh, story. Great. Yes. Let's go with that. That's a less sort of uh, grotesque metaphor. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, or, or image. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I think it's down to Manchester City and Liverpool for both the league title and our FPL seasons at this yeah. point. I mean, you, you could look to you know, game weeks 37 and 38 where other teams like Manchester United might play into it. But mm-hmm. that will probably just be the icing on your FPL cake. You know, one thing I do like I'm about, using so many metaphors here. I know, today I'm trying already. to I'm follow fire. it. Yeah, you're an English major in college, and that's <laughs> it's coming through. I think uh, uh, what I like about this this particular season going into game week 36 through 38 is I, in most seasons, I, I, I bet if you look back, it's, it's true in like, I don't know, seven of the last eight seasons, um, there has been a double game week in game week 37. That feels like that is, that is frequently, the 36 or 37, I feel like there's almost always mm-hmm. a very, very late double game week. It's often kind of a trap double because it's so close to the end of the season. All teams are on the beach. So this season, it's just we've got three weeks left and and there's no tricks, right? It's just three weeks with 10 fixtures. Now, it's not it's not easy because you have Liverpool and Spurs who are still you know playing for the Champions League. But it's but it is pretty like straightforward in terms of like there's, you know, you're not trying to hold on for a double. It's just like, you, you know, almost everyone's wild carded already. So it's just like straight one transfer or, or taking hits or just doing like very yeah. standard kind of fantasy moves, which I really like. I think that's like it's like a clean yeah. way to end the season. And even with Spurs and Liverpool, luckily, it's those two teams who have just from an FBL point of view have moved through in the Champions League because they have rather thin squads as compared to Manchester City. So the rotation headaches that we'd be hitting up against if Manchester City had gone through to the semifinals. Right. It you know, I think the the lineups are going to be quite a lot more predictable with Spurs and Liverpool. Yeah, I, th- I think they I think they will. Although I guess we're still sweating. There were a few questions questions about KDB. We'll talk about him a little bit, but obviously it's a it's a hard question to answer because we just don't know anything right now. Uh, we know yeah. he's not going to play in the in the you know the Manchester derby, but uh, that wouldn't matter anyway for any fantasy manager, right? Because obviously the the die is already cast, cast, yeah, on this mm-hmm. game week. So let's talk a little bit about this game week, just where we are right now. Uh, do a quick score check here. Uh, both of us bench boosted this week. So how are you? How are you feeling about your team so far? Um, I'm okay with my team right now. I'm on 63 points with the bench boost. I went ahead and captained Raúl Jiménez, mm-hmm. and you know that's not really worked out for me just just yet not that any captaincies have really come through nope i i am uh, heavily invested in liverpool and not manchester city right now coming off of my wild card mo Salah is my big differential mm-hmm. in the midfield and that car i really needed something to happen and magical in that cardiff match i needed Salah to really perform and get a huge points tally because I think a lot of people are going to be moving on to Liverpool going into 36 with that right. home Huddersfield match. Mm-hmm. So if Liverpool is really going to be a differential for me, it would have had to have been in right. game week. You had this this one week where his ownership wasn't super high and now everyone's yeah, right. going to rush to bring him in or him yeah. or, or money, I guess, you know. Yeah. You and find. I don't know. You, you can't quite say the, the same thing for my other differential pick, which was Lacazette who, you know, I've I've taken Lacazette uh, in favor of, instead of Aguero. Mm-hmm. And Lacazette, just an assist for him. He still has Wolves midweek, but uh, I needed him as well to have a big haul for me to, yeah. to have a huge, huge uh, rank jump. I was really pleased this morning when I saw the Arsenal starting lineup. He's mm-hmm. really sweating that Kolasinac. Would he start? Would he not start? Yeah. Um, because it's like a 50-50 chance with him these days. So the fact that he did start, it's feeling great. He had some really excellent chances 
you know, he 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 could have gotten a handball call on Aaron Wan-Bissaka for a penalty. Hmm. He had that shot, that volley that Lucas Dean actually hit against De Gea and yeah. scored. Kolasinac replicated that to a T, but he just couldn't get it past Guaita. So he he comes away with one point. So that that's another differential that hasn't come through. It's such a However, different such such a different Sunday for you. You know, I had. Uh, every, almost everyone on my team played yesterday. I had one player in all of today's matches, which is Robertson. So mm-hmm. I was just dreading today's matches. I did like, <laughs> I was just like, it was like, I didn't even want to watch them cause I was so anxious. It was just like nothing good could come out of it unless like Robertson scored. I tried to make, I tried to wish it into existence by, by tweeting <laughs> right. that today was the day. Uh, yeah. It did not, did not happen, but, um, I mean, I got the clean sheet, which, which is good, but, yeah. um, but you know, about the best, I mean, I, I want you to keep talking about your gaming, but I was just, you know, as a as someone who didn't have a lot of players in today, it was about the best possible result, right? I mean, getting definitely, you know, a, a total of nine points, uh, you know, blank from from Mane, only six points from Salah, um, you know, okay, Rob, Robertson got eleven, but that's 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 like I can I can handle that. His ownership is not so high. Um, obviously, you know, Pogba I think is only like twenty five percent of the top ten k. Um, so him blanking uh, was helpful as well. You know, Everton didn't really matter that much. Um, and then, yeah, Arsenal, like five from Lacazette, one from Kolasnik, six from, I guess maybe it was seven from Aubameyang. Um, all acceptable, like, you know, just not going to be that swingy in terms of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, game week rank and all that, and, you know, overall rank. So, uh, but I yeah. think you, you are now cracking, you are like on the cusp of the top 10K, right? Yeah, very close to the top 10K. My live rank right now with auto subs, not that that matters on my bench boost, but it's 11,677. So, you know, if I get a few more attacking returns and clean sheets, I'm looking at you, Shane Duffy, uh, Mm -hmm. Miracle Man, um, (laughs) the Phoenix rising from the ashes. Yeah, if I get Mm -hmm. any more returns, it looks like I'm going to be in the top 10K by the time Game Week 35 is over. So I'm feeling great about that. You got what, like 12 players left to play, something like that? Yeah, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, De Bruyne is not going to show up for the Manchester Derby, as previously stated. But right. we can, we yeah. can, you know, yeah, but you can at least pretend, right? <laughs> that, yeah. that might happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're you're yeah. you're also you're having a, a great week, and you continue to rise, even though I, it, it didn't seem possible that Josh's team couldn't could rise any <laughs> yeah. farther up the FPL overall rank. But there you are. How's yeah. it going? Yeah, FPL Chancer said uh, I only have one question. Josh's rank says, "How excited are you?" On a scale of one to WTF, uh, I am definitely at the WTF level. I am. I am. I've gone full Mark Marin over here. I am. Uh, I assumed, I, I assumed that Dan was actually directing that question at me, and I'm a solid three, Dan, to answer your question. <laughs> yeah, how excited is Brandon about my overall <laughs> rank? Uh, probably more like one or zero. Um, <laughs> I um, love you, Josh. I'm, yeah, I'm happy I know, for you. I know, I know. You're like at a two. I know. It's it's, it's good for the pot, at least. Um, I uh, Yeah, I was – as yesterday, I was at 332 overall. So um, – uh, by far the highest I've ever been. Uh, I mean, I've had two top 2,500 finishes in the past, but I've never, I, you know, I've had a bad couple of seasons, I mean, not just our mediocre couple of seasons going into this year. So um feels like things, you know, things have really clicked this year. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, I had basically nobody to play today. And so I did fall back a little bit. It looks like I'm at 504 um, overall. So, you know, just right outside the top 500. And I have 13 players left to play, um, including um, my captain and Sterling and uh, my boy, Jerry Delafeo. <laughs> uh, mm. So uh, let's talk yeah, about so, that. 
Yeah, so I'm on 67 points right now with with 13 left. Presumably, Lloris plays. It sounds like he will. Um, so it was kind of a weird game week. I mean, you know, it was a the morning was terrible uh, yesterday morning. I mean, I got nothing from, you know, I got one from De Bruyne. Uh, Sterling uh, was like playing to try to get a red card or something. It was so hot. I couldn't believe it took him that long to get a yellow. It was like he flirted yeah. with the yellow the last 20 minutes of that game. Like he was just he really clearly, did. Clearly yeah. exhausted. And um, I still think he starts at midweek. I mean, I think he, the match is so big. You just play your best 11 and he's clearly part of that. But, uh, you know, I had a golden, golden chance. I mean, Gazinga like kept, it was just it was actually impressive performance from Spurs. I mean, they really did a nice job. And I was thinking about it this morning and how I would actually be really frustrated if I was a Sun owner. I mean, that guy had at least what two chances where he should have scored in the in that match. I think it was maybe one on either one one like maybe early in the first half and maybe one early in the second half. I can't remember exactly when they came, but I felt like he was like basically down like just bearing down on Ederson two two different times. Yeah, um, and it didn't convert. So well, I, I watched these interactions from a true crude FPL point of view where I have Laporte in my defense and I'm like, well, the odds of Sun scoring more than one goal in this game, uh, I'm trading I'm trading a Sun goal for a Laporte clean sheet now. Mm-hmm. It's probably a net gain for Sun to score against Laporte for my FPL team. It's mm-hmm. one more point for Not a goal, sure. possibly yeah. a bonus. Yeah. But I, I think for your Spurs assets, even to be in your situation with Loris not even getting a minute, yeah. Everyone is looking to this Brighton home match midweek, and that's really why we got Spurs players in on our wild card for the double. Right. So it's right. sort of like fine, sun blanks, okay, let's go to Brighton. Yeah. Well, it's sun blanks, but then, you know, one point from De Bruyne. Uh, two points from Sterling, no, no Larice. It was, it was just, it looked like it was going to be like a really bad game week for me. Um, yeah. And then, as you mentioned, then Brighton, uh, then Brighton Wolves happens. Uh, and, and also Jamie Vardy, hold on to Vardy, which you, you, you did as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, was crucial. Um, and I'm sort of, I was feeling a little down out of that first match. And then, uh, and then Delafay starting was amazing. And then him scoring what, like three minutes into that Watford game. And it was like, it was like uh, all the air got let out, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, this like, it's not going to be a disaster. You know, it's like, I already got it. You, like, you just want to bank a goal or something. You, know, you just want to bank something good for your team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then that, uh, that, that Brighton Wolves game was just a, the classic like troll game from, from Brighton. I mean, I actually don't know what the XG is for, for Wolves for this patch. I mean, it has to be what, like three or something like it's gotta I be mean, pretty three, high, right? Add a couple of zeros after that. Three, I <laughs> think it was 300. <laughs> I mean, and I went Jota over De La Feu. So, right, you know, right. we're, we're two sides of that budget totally. midfielder coin and I'm watching the goal rush and i'm getting mm-hmm. snippets of de la feu doing his de la feu thing you had mm-hmm. you had tweeted that he's the guy who only scores cheeky goals <laughs> right that first and goal was ridiculous it, it truly was but and jota was really shining in the mm-hmm. brighton match jimenez was uh much per, very peripheral in the first half especially yeah. jota had so many chances yeah. it just wasn't going to happen yep. for him it was frustrating to watch for sure yeah, it, yeah, it was just—I mean, it was just horribly unlucky. I mean, I, I suppose Brighton defended reasonably well, although I wouldn't say that it was. To me, it was more about missed chances than it was brilliant. I mean, I, I think in another day, that's a easy three-nil Wolves win or something like that. You know, I mean, yeah. Brighton just have no attack. Like, how is a team? Like it is like a, it's almost it feels like an experiment to see if you can stay up in the Premier League without a single attacking midfielder. It's like how do they? 
it's like they have five central midfielders or something. It's like they they just play or like what I don't know. It's so weird. They have so little attack that it's even Pascal Gross making slide tackles in his own penalty box. When your yeah. creative midfielder is making tackles in your penalty box, something has gone terribly wrong. Yeah, and maybe it's a different season for them if he if he hadn't been you know out of the out of the squad so much. But um, I mean, their their attack is basically to win set like to get like set piece goals, right? It's like that's the whole attack. Like there's then you know a Glenn Murray penalty. You know, it's like it's just such yeah. a weird. Anyway, so um, but yeah, it was great too. I, I did bench boost despite the worry about having those two players. I know a lot of people didn't, and I can understand that because you know if you look at it in the face, um, having you know two Brighton defenders for Wolves and Spurs away is terrible. But my thinking was, I thought I could get three points each out of them, you know, and so I was mm-hmm. like, if I could just get a total of six points, uh, then it'll be worth it because then I'll get my my hugo larise points uh oh, and i'll yes. get my and i'll get my ward prowse points you know and so I, of course i'm on one i'm on one from ward prowse and zero from larise at the moment uh but i did get the 12 from from those two so uh so it's worked out so you know i don't know what, what are you gonna say sometimes you just get lucky and um i think a lot of us at least it was like luck spread across the board i think a lot of us ended up having to play Brighton players because we just didn't want to take anyone out for a hit. There weren't a lot of great options. I mean, you had like, basically there was, there was the Watford defense and Mm -hmm. that was, I actually wasn't watching the end of that match. Um, so I didn't see the goal conceded. I ended up, I was, I was watching the end of, um, the West Ham match because it was so good. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I saw later that they conceded a goal in like the 93rd minute from Grant. So yeah, Yeah, it seemed like a, it seemed like a Manchester city esque goal to concede in, in that it, it would, it's a goal that Manchester City themselves would concede happening late in the game, seemingly out of sheer boredom. It, right. Huddersfield were just throwing a lot of guys forward and they outnumbered the Watford defense for whatever, because Watford probably stopped running at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a dinked cross ball that Grant just just put put into the <laughs> net. There was there was yeah. there was no way that um, Ben Foster could have stopped it as far as I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought he might be on three saves. I thought he had a, I, mean, I guess he just only had one, two in the match, but anyway. Uh, yeah. So I think both of us, um, are having a really good game week so far. Um, not everyone is though, Brandon, uh, rants of the week, uh, Eric Freeman, um, uh, who is, a he's a pastor, Brandon, and that's uh, a big day for him. So, uh, I, I like that he was able to take time away on Easter Sunday to to send a cheeky tweet to us about. Surely about this is the true Lord's work here from Eric. Yeah, I'll, I'll read his rant here. He says, okay. I've been in a relationship with Ryan and Duffy for a couple of months and it's going great. But now they're kind of flaky. One week they don't even show up to either of our two dates. This week they're all like, quote, please don't break up with us, Eric. See, we got you all these points. I know y'all aren't a relationship advice podcast, but maybe you could make an exception. Do I give them another chance or break up with them? Break up with these losers. (laughs) So um, I guess the question here is, can we bench Brighton assets for the rest of the season? Or is this the problem that needs to be solved? I'm Mm. on Matt Ryan and Shane Duffy. So the luxury of having a Brighton goalkeeper is I can just bench Ryan for the rest of the season, no problem. And right. then I kind of maybe right. have to think about starting Shane Duffy in one of the next three weeks. Yeah, this was this is really the the dilemma that I yeah yeah I mean the the, the issue is you only have three transfers left on the season, right? And like unless you burn four, which and you don't you don't really want to burn four. I if you can avoid it in a, in a non double game week situation in particular, you know so. 
game week 36 it's fine i i'm my my goal right now is to in my bus team i've got uh i've got duffy starting and then i've got dunk on the bench um so i'm like i'm splitting the difference a little bit i i, I don't quite have like the stomach to go double brighton defense so soon after right, right. <laughs> after game week 34 well um, it's 36 yeah. or nothing with these guys because they're mm-hmm. home newcastle and then after that it's arsenal and manchester city you wouldn't like them to get any points against either of those teams no although who knows with arsenal right i mean i guess a, a duffy could get like a hat trick of goals in that match. <laughs> like, mustafi it has <laughs> is the story of this sunday what a pitiful performance <laughs> from Mustafi. Like truly, uh, Gary Neville can uh, can talk down to Manchester United players as much as he wants. But if there was a worse performance this weekend than Schroden Mustafi, I don't know. It just shows you just don't know like what you're ever buying in the transfer market. I mean, like, this guy was like a starter on the German national team when we brought him in. You know, it was like a huge. It was a great buy. Like everyone thought that was a great buy. You know, and it just you know just. Has not worked. Um, so, all right, we got one more rant here, Brandon. Um, I, I, I was like, I, I felt myself on the verge of going like a very long Arsenal like Stop Arsene yourself. Finger yes. rant. Stop I just, and just, think about I it. Just cut myself off. Uh, Kun Karam says, "Why on earth has this is another rant?" Uh, Kun Karam says, "Why on earth has Huddersfield bothered to wipe out my double Watford clean sheet? I need answers from Grant." <laughs> Brandon, I don't know what to say. I thought that Watford was a – if I was going to advocate for any any Brighton transfer out, I certainly would have advocated for a Watford transfer, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, likewise. I think that's just FPL for you, Kuhn. That That is the world in which we live. I mean, then you also have to stop and have a bit of a reality check. I mean, yes, the reality is Huddersfield are bar none the worst team in the division right now, but right. Watford – they have not proved to be a defensive powerhouse in like the last three seasons. So mm-hmm. honestly, honest to goodness, it was a good bet for FPL, but also honest to goodness, it was never going to be a lock for right. Watford to keep this clean sheet. Yeah. Um, oh, is that too that real for you, Josh? Vo- I, yeah, it's like some vocal pop there as I, as I just like <laughs> sighed right into the microphone. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's true. What I don't trust Watford. That's why I couldn't have two of them. I was just like, I just don't trust. But I I love my boy Jerry D. Brandon. You know, I love having him in my squad. You've always loved him. You've said yeah. you've shouted it so many times on this podcast. <laughs> we we talked about calling it the De La yeah. cast for so long because you can't stop talking about him. By the way, a quick shout out to Jamie Vardy, the classic. Uh, the classic great single game week player in a double game week, right? Where yeah. he just like yeah picks up the picks up the nine. Uh, and 35 and, and 16 and 33 too. So, um, yeah, it's what a, the guy is suddenly on 16 goals and five assists on the season, by the way, it is a spectacular yeah. season. He's probably yeah. going to finish on 20 goals, right? I mean, he, you know, he's got a shot at it at least. I think he's got they have kind of a tough end of the season. Actually, it's, it's more than kind of, they play Arsenal yeah. city and Chelsea in the final three, right. but you know, he's home for two of those. Um, he might get close. Uh, I, I'm probably still going to drop him, but if I end up having him for this Arsenal match, that's, kind of fine like i mm-hmm. don't really feel like mm-hmm. you know i i wouldn't feel i mean honestly after today's like after this weekend like i i don't know I, I, if i doubled up on liverpool defense and just brought in like Mane and just kept vardy i think that would be kind of acceptable i i was kind of in firmino but i just for me like a little 
I don't know. We're going to talk more about Liverpool in a, in a minute. So let's let's table that. I'm sorry I, I introduced that. <laughs> I just wanted to say real quick on Vardy. Um, we came up with this term, the Giroux. I think it was last season or the season mm-hmm. before yeah. where a striker comes away with a five pointer. Either they come on as a <laughs> right. 70 minute sub and get a goal and no bonus or they start yeah. and just get an assist. So yeah. a Giroux yeah. is a five pointer. I think a classic Vardy is a nine pointer because these special striker assets where they're able to just score a cheeky goal and walk away with all three points yeah. even, a even very, though their team had three yeah. bonus points even though their team haven't even won yeah very a very good goal by the way too a really well taken goal. absolutely yep um all right brandon so let's let's get into um the topic uh, first i just want to uh, do a quick shout out a quick thank you to um uh, we have several new patrons this this week. It's been a great a great month for Patreon, and thank you to everyone who supports the podcast at Patreon. A very a sincere thank you. Um, thank you. It really, uh, it would, the podcast uh, uh, we do it for love, but it's nice to um, for the love sh- of money. For the love of money, exactly. We would have stopped this long ago. Uh, <laughs> but Patreon actually is the kind of like you know it's it's because of Patreon that it really it really helps motivate us and 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 keep doing this uh, week in and week out. So thank you to everybody. Uh, just a quick thank you to uh, our new MP County patrons: uh, Jamie, Thomas, Jack, Eric, Lunt, Matt, Ruth, Joe B, and Danny. A lot of first names this time around, Brandon. Oh, people are, I think you can tell that people are feeling very competitive in their mini leagues, that they're not right. willing to give their full name and yep. their Patreon memberships. So they're not outed in their various cash leagues. Exactly. I think we've got a couple of our producers actually are fake names as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if you'd like to support what we do um, and uh, get access to our Slack and uh, bonus channels, I'll be, I'll be doing a uh, Patreon-exclusive pod uh, later this week. Um, and I think, you know, I was just thinking, you know, I think we're going to roll out some Patreon, like for like after the season's over, I think we have a couple um, Patreon things that we're going to do that, that aren't specific to the season, but that we've talked about doing for a while. There's one in FPL draft that we want to do. Yeah. Um, so that's we'll, one we'll, of the benefits yep. of becoming an always cheating producer through the Patreon is that you get to tell us an idea for a Patreon exclusive episode of the pod that yep. we put on our supporters yep. podcast feeds. So yeah, we're going to get to a lot of those ideas once we close out the season. Yep, exactly. And uh, and just a, a note, um, I don't think we mentioned this in last week's podcast, but June is going to be a free month for all Patreon supporters. So um, we, uh, we're we taking the month off. And so um, we're just going to make that free for everybody. No one's going to get charged for that month. So just uh, throwing that out there in case anybody was uh, was curious or uh, concerned about that. So uh, patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can support the pod. Great. Let's take a quick break, Josh, come back and talk about what questions we might have for Game Week 36 coming up. All right, Brian, we're back. We're going to jump right into Game Week 36. We've got a couple questions here. I feel like they're they're really, there are kind of two different kinds of questions about Game Week 36. And one is what to do with this kind of midfield Liverpool problem. A lot of us don't have three Liverpool players right now, uh, mostly because they didn't have double game weeks. We wanted to you know load up on those players. Um, and so, you know, now, but now they play Huddersfield at home <laughs> and mm-hmm. it the seems big one. like, yeah. And it seems like Klopp is playing his strongest sides right now. I, I saw some, he had some press conference last week where he was like, well, we don't even really practice anymore. You know, he's like, there's so many, he's like, there's so many matches that we just rest and then we play. 
So it's not like everyone's like exhausted, you know, it's yeah. like you just play once and then you don't play for several days yeah. and then you jump. And so um, I more, thought that was more, sort of interesting. I, and more, more to yeah. that point about Klopp, how Klopp's approaching the run in is I think I heard them talk about this on second captains where he gave an interview where he specifically said, well, we have seven more games to play throughout the rest of the season, which implies yeah. that he is not expecting to get to the champions league final, which you could then infer. I mean, uh, close your ears, Liverpool fans, but he's not really going to try to push through um, through to the but Champions you, League final and focus on winning yeah. the league. What are you going to do, though? I mean, I mean, for one thing, like a lot of it depends on what happens at midweek, right? I mean, if if Man City beat, uh, okay, okay, yeah, that's actually a great um, a great way to start this off, which is that I'm not making any decisions about my team until the midweek matches are done, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, for one thing, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping we have more information about KDB as the week goes on. Um, but also, I mean, I think what happens in the Man City match could affect things, too, because if they, you know, if Liverpool, like if Man City win that match and they, and they have three fairly easy fixtures after that, then Liverpool's best chance of a trophy this year might actually be the Champions League instead of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Right. If they just win out in the champion in the Premier League, that's not enough. Right. They need Man City to draw one match. So, um, I mean, I, also, I just don't think you can not put out your strongest possible side for Barcelona and the Champions League semifinals. I mean, that's like as big as it gets, right? That's like the biggest stage in the world. It's Origi's I mean, having I mean, a great yeah. season, Josh. I'll just say <laughs> that. True. It was weird that he started that. It's weird that it worked, like yeah. that you just put Origi in, you know, and it was like it was fine. I don't know. Yeah. It was. Um, it would have been great if, uh, if Salah or Mane had been rested for that game, right? Just to like clarify things a little bit for, yep, for thirty six. I mean, I, to me, the elephant in the room is. I don't know if it's the elephant in the room, but like the the unanswered question is, um, does do any of these players? Probably not for me now because he just got rested. But do Mane or Salah get rested for the easiest fixture of the season ahead of a Champions <laughs> League semifinal with Barcelona? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can just dismiss it out of hand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They, I mean, it's a humongous match. You know, I think it's like Tuesday of next week. This match is on Friday, but they did just play on Sunday. But they played, you know, what three times in eight days or whatever. There is, I mean, they could they could roll out the entire B team, right? It could be Shakiri and Arigi and Sturridge and and whoever that guy we were talking about last week on the podcast with the with the pencil thin mustache. You could roll out all of those guys. <laughs> Hammerhead. I mean, you probably. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Gomez played in this game, right? Like even Van Dyke could get a rest. It's yeah. like, it, of course, it is entirely possible that the the, the full starting eleven plays. There right? would be, there will be arguments that pop up through the end of this week where Liverpool are behind Manchester City on goal difference by six goals, and okay. if you think it's going to come down to the final day and maybe. Uh, uh, Manchester City end up drawing one of these matches and it comes down to goal difference, then right. is that a priority but, that they could look to exploit against a team like Huddersfield? Right. That's that's not relevant, I don't think, though, because if Man City draw, then um, then Liverpool will just be one point ahead. So if, like, let's say the Man City draw against Manchester United at midweek, um, then they're on 87 points and Liverpool are on 88 Right. So I guess really, if if Liverpool yeah. if Liverpool draw and Manchester City lose, okay, let me okay. let me get my my uh, it's always sunny um, homeland <laughs> meme going here. Right. Then you're looking at tied on points at the end of the season. Okay, that's true. There is a scenario where it can happen, but I think 
I don't know why it's so hard for me to imagine Man City. Maybe it's because I just saw Man United get obliterated by Everton, um, like, you know, six hours before or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's that, harder that for me to... That is a definite not great Bob result there for it, Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's hard to see that match. And it was a pretty strong United squad that rolled out there. I mean, unless unless Luke Shaw is just vastly more underrated than than we thought he was. <laughs> Um, you know, it was it was a pretty strong team that that rolled out there, and they really got rolled over. Now we have seen in the past. I mean, just last season, right? Mm-hmm. Was yeah. um, was the the Pogba brace, mm-hmm. um, the big two two one win. Pogba does show up for big games, or he can at least capable of it. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it doesn't really matter what we think, but like. Um, do you think there's any chance that Man United win uh, on Wednesday? If there is a chance, it feels very slim. I mean, the Manchester yeah. City have lost six out of the last eight games. They haven't been on a run like this since the 80s, I think it was. Yeah. Um, you, you'd like to try to figure out what sort of narrative might favor a Manchester United result. But mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, the stats and the results through the season are just so starkly in favor of Manchester City. I can't see it happening. Um, yeah. yeah. For me, it's uh, talking about Liverpool possible rotation for the Huddersfield match. For me, I'm very curious to see what side of what kind of side Pep rolls out for the Manchester Derby. You'd think because right. it's such a hotly contested match and, of course, City need a result that he would continue with the strongest side, but... He has just been running his his top starting eleven into the ground of late. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, when that when when they rolled out that side for the Saturday morning match, and then I saw that it was Spurs backup keeper, I was like, oh my god, this could be like a seven nil, right? And they scored in five minutes in, and yeah. and then that was it. That was the, that was the entire the only goal was a Phil Foden goal. What a great what a classic fantasy moment that was. Um, <laughs> we'll never yeah, forget it. Yeah, I I don't really know either, um, but I think um, I think it's got to be the strongest possible team um, uh, minus De Bruyne almost mm-hmm. almost certainly. So um, let's get to a couple questions. Uh, Nick Wright says Erickson to he asks Erickson to Mane for a minus four. He says that worth it or not this week. He says for wider context, Mane in captain, Mane not in son equals captain. Uh, I don't know why I said the equals out loud there. Uh, in an even wider context, which non-Liverpool premium mids are worth shifting for Mane or Salah for a minus four? Now, I, I, we don't usually answer questions as specific on the podcast, but I think it's actually really relevant for a lot of people, right? A lot of people are in this position right now. I, I know that I am as well, um, where you know the easiest thing for me to do would be to shift one of my really expensive midfielders over to Mane or Salah um, and have some kind of coverage for this match. Um, and so would you, but, but the thing is, yeah, if you're moving Erickson who, you know, it's an excellent fixture, right? They play West Ham at home. Like you, it takes some guts to move a Spurs player before West Ham at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, West Ham haven't looked as diabolical the last few weeks as they, as they had say one or two months ago, but I take your point. Spurs certainly on paper, a much better side than West Ham and you have to favor them heavily at home. I think. The options are really slim uh, in terms of who's the like-for-like swap in your FPL team for a Liverpool midfielder. I think maybe Kevin De Bruyne's injury is a blessing in disguise for a lot of Game Week 36 managers. And that's just an an easy swap. Because for me, with no Manchester City midfield coverage apart from De Bruyne, I'm, I'm just sort of looking at Raheem Sterling and thinking I can only get away 
with this for so long. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my expectation is that I drop my Liverpool midfielders for Manchester city midfielders after the Huddersfield match in game week 36. So, um, just looking at game week 36 in specific, in particular, yeah, you're, you're kind of tied to either moving your Spurs or your Manchester City assets to get somebody from Liverpool in, or you're burning minus four. So who else is right. in that area where you could actually do a minus four and still afford to get a 9.5 plus million midfielder into your team? Maybe it's Paul Pogba. Um, All right, let's tr- let's 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 do let's do like a little a little game here just to clarify things a little bit because I feel like this is going to get it's we're looking at spreadsheets and stuff you know as we talk about this but I think if you're just listing it's kind of hard to to follow the whole train of logic here so why don't we try to rank the the midfielders for this game week for okay. game thirty six like just like one to until we get bored, right? I don't okay. know, one to five okay. or six okay. or something like that. All right. So, um, all right. So I think the one and two are, are Mane and Salah in a particular order. Now, do you prefer, which one do you prefer of those two? I mean, having just watched them play today, mm-hmm. do you lean one way or the other? Just removing your own team from the conversation. Yes. I think Mane looks very appealing uh, for for many reasons, he's he's in form. He is playing very centrally, and that was my big takeaway from the Cardiff match was that a, a lot of the moves went right through Mane, who was sitting at the top of the box, and mm-hmm. he was distributing to the wings or trying to play people through, or he's on the end of various crosses coming into the box. Uh, it, it it just feels like he is the most assured route to attacking points for for your fpl side sala is yep. of course very explosive but the price point per what you're expecting to get in return it right. it's it's at best the same as Mane. now i'm leaning yep. i have sala myself because i feel like it's really the only differential i'm grasping at at the moment so that would be the case i would make for sala is that's the differential pick I think that's I think that's I agree with that completely. So it's it's one and one A and the three million price difference is the tiebreaker. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Which I think you know price does have to be a factor here, even if, even if we're just trying to rank uh, these various assets. So all right. So after that, who who's third? Yeah, I think it is as Nick points to it's Hungman's son who is captain mm-hmm. at home against West Ham. Erickson, we you know there was a lot of discussion about Erickson's value with Kane out. Uh, when mm-hmm. we were all on our wild card. And I think the conversation veers toward Erickson was looking really great and in form right before Kane went out with his ankle injury and now less so. I think that I really only need room in my side for Son. What about Raheem Sterling? Does Sterling doesn't jump over Son or Erickson? I think I would go, I think I would, in other words, third I would put Son and then I think fourth I would put Sterling. I think Sterling is like right there with, uh, um, right there with Sun. I mean, just they play away to Burnley, which I think is fine for Man City. I mean, Burnley have been better certainly of late, but um, I would expect Man City to win that game pretty handily, mm-hmm. and uh, it's probably just a tough enough fixture that you have to play Sterling for it. Yeah, you have to really like Sterling. I mean, as as you've been saying the last few weeks, fixtures just simply do not matter with Manchester City. And they certainly yep. don't matter if you're looking at Burnley. Now, Burnley will probably have all 11 players behind the ball inside of the goal mouth. Um, right. Uh, you know, five five outfield players on each post just to make sure Sterling doesn't tap the ball in. But you'd still have to like Sterling for some kind of attacking return if he gets a start in that match. 
All right. And then, so that's, uh, that's, I think that's now six players we've talked about. Uh, I, th- I think my boy Jerry D has got to get up there at some point, right? Oh, please. Uh, uh, Delafeo, <laughs> home to home to Wolves and in great form. Uh, I mean, he's got to be in the form of his life right now, right? Like it's, I don't know. He's, he's, he's remarkable. Um, but I, I, I do think, okay, how about this though? If you don't have Delafeo in your squad and you're trying to figure out how to, how to fit in a Sala or Amane, then like a, a midfield move, you know, where you upgrade somebody, maybe it's KDB and you need like a make weight. Yeah. I think that Jerry D is a very uh, tempting option. Definitely. I like De Lefeu. Also, you could point toward as a make weight Leicester City midfielders and Tielemans and Madison and Harvey Barnes, yeah. their home Arsenal. Arsenal's defense is absolute rubbish, especially on the road. So I think that's an interesting, that's going to be an interesting match on Sunday. Okay. Uh, do we want to go any further? Do we want to rank, do we want to rank any more players? Uh, I think Gilfy Sigurdsson played very well today. Uh, he's, he's a tempting option for the, uh, the final couple game weeks of the season. The last thing I'll say is that Anthony Martial is um, uh, that's over. It's done. <laughs> it is. Although, okay, yes, I I agree with that. Um, but man, Huddersfield and Cardiff are the final two fixtures for Manchester United, and I it is very tempting to have a Man United player for game week thirty seven and thirty. Yeah, that's got to be Pogba. Pogba seems like the type of player that's like, okay, you're going to put a punching bag in front of me. I'm going to punch it to death. And yeah, so true. Yeah. yeah. But so watching true. Tony yeah. Martial play against Everton, it was wow. If he was my son, I would just be yelling like, get him out of there. <laughs> this is not, it's not his day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So I think that we just, that's like 10 midfielders that we talked about. Um, okay. Let's move on. Uh, next, <laughs> next question uh, is from FPL Classico. He says, I was set to Captain Monty, but I'm slightly concerned. I may play limited minutes. Um, while Sun is banned for the first leg versus Ajax, um, he says, "What do you think?" So I, I'm just going to go with our rank with our our very elaborate ranking system here, <laughs> uh-huh. Brandon. Yeah, and I'm going to say that we have ranked Mane higher. Thus, go with Mane over Sun. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with. We should you probably on get this one. published in some reputable journal or something, right? Like this is yeah this is valuable I, stuff. I want it published somewhere where it can never be erased, and that people can come <laughs> back and. Uh, point to yeah. all of our poor recommendations when it doesn't go their way that's true we can put it in granta I yeah in the next issue if that's coming out i'm an n plus one guy myself but uh <laughs> that's fine sure my right. issue i i would actually enjoy captaining liverpool midfielders like Mane or Saleh more if i didn't know that they'd almost definitely come in as substitutes later in the match if they don't start yeah, we, 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 we've seen this with both of them and, and notably Salah was able to come on as a substitute last season and, and put teams yeah. to the sword and score goals. So maybe that's still a good thing. But the form that Liverpool is in right now, it really worries me. You know, their their goal output, if they're mm-hmm. really trying to shore up games one nil, two nil. So, yeah, the, the rotation is my only concern, but. Uh, yeah, we had that great conversation with Peter Blake early last season before Raheem Sterling went on his first initial Manchester City run where the discussion is you just can't afford to play that cautiously in FPL. You just have to armband the best player. You let the rotation fall where it may. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, yeah. It's just as true with Man City, even if they even if they still have nothing to play for. And, and people are like, yeah, well, what do they have to rotate for? But it's, it's it's about rest, too. I mean, it's like, 
you, you know you just can't play a massive match every three days right i mean you 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 can um and your players will get more and more jaded i mean they'll, they'll start look they'll start to look like raheem sterling at the end of that match exactly, right? where they're just yeah. kicking everybody just like they're just done <laughs> yeah. right and i mean so you'd, they have you'd the, be they sick the of the sight of jan vertonghen too if you were him yeah, I would. Oh, they they played him so well. I was really impressed with the Spurs. I don't know why the Spurs defense has been better this season based on how they just played in that Man City You just match. need Gazaniga in goal and everything's okay. They, they have <laughs> a little more so. faith than the guy standing behind them. Yeah. Uh, just one more thing as we're talking about midfielders here. You know, we mentioned Pogba a minute ago. I don't really want him for game week 36. You know, he plays uh, home to Chelsea. I, I think it's fine to have him for that, you know, but I, it's not like something I'm like eager to do. Um, but, I, you know, I'd really like to have him for those final two fixtures. And I also want to have multiple Liverpool players yeah. and I want to have multiple Man City players and it's very hard to have all of them. So I think that, you know, during like I think these last couple weeks of the season are a time when you can really start to like tinker with your formation a little bit and how mm-hmm. you play. And I, I'm, I'm typically a three defender, four midfielder, three forward kind of person in fantasy, mm-hmm. but I don't the mind classic. messing around. Yeah, yeah the classic. I, th- I think over the long term, that's that's the formation that yields the most points. Um, I know that there are people who feel differently, but that's how I that's how I've always played. Um, but I think you know w- when you look at this the season, like a two or three game week window, then it really does auger for for messing up with your formations a little bit. And I'm really thinking about a three, five, two for the final two weeks of the season. And the reason I'm talking about that right now is because the transfers you make in game week 36 could really have an impact on those 37, that 37 formation. And I think in that case with the three, five, two, we'll really benefit from poor old Harry Kane being out for the season because there are fewer decisions that we have to make up front. You have to yep. like the looks of Sergio Aguero for the run-in, going for the golden boot. And uh, yep. yeah, uh, so it's it's like Aguero and who are you going to pair with him and then just go yep. for gold in, in your midfield. That leads us right into the second main topic of today, which is the triple captain. A lot of people still have a triple captain pl- to play. It's the last chip that that, that many people have and that, that it goes for both of us. Now... I have an opening question for you here, Brandon, which is, mm-hmm. is there any difference between a player you'd captain and a player you'd triple captain? Right. So is there is the is the the thinking that goes into it any different? Obviously, you want to you want to, you know, the, you pick a captain, you know, in a, in a game where you think they're really going to go off. But, you know, is there like is someone captain worthy, but not triple captain worthy? Uh, well, okay. So taking this specific season off the, off of the table, the answer is yes. If they have a double game week, that's your opportunity to triple captain. Sure. So that right. kind of, that, right. that's kind of what makes this triple captain issue this season. If you haven't already played it. And that was the logic mm-hmm. that everyone applied to Leroy Sané at the midpoint of the season that didn't right. go according okay. to the plan. But yeah. well, let me, let me, let me rephrase the question then. Looking at the last three weeks of the season, if you just looked at those three game weeks and you picked the one with the captain that you thought would score the most points, is that is that any different than just picking the triple captain? I mean, you know, or like the captain you'd you'd most want, the player you'd most want to captain. Yeah. Is it the player you want a triple captain? Or is it like, is there like a rotation worry? Is that a factor? Yeah. I mean, you'd feel really miserable if you, like we were just saying on Liverpool with the Huddersfield fixture in 36, you play it on uh, Sadio Mane and he doesn't start then right. that just blows up your triple captain chip right away assuming he doesn't come on as a sub or something like that I mean may- maybe you yeah. get on your vice captain but I-, I think what I'm looking for for my triple captain chip in these next three weeks is a home fixture with 
an explosive player. And, uh, you know, explosive meaning odds are that they will come away with attacking returns. So it's mm-hmm. who are those teams? Is it Liverpool? Is it City? Is it maybe Arsenal have a, have a pretty decent run in Spurs as well? So you're just looking at your best yeah. assets and who has the best home fixture. That's how I'm viewing it. Yeah, I think I, I think home is a big factor. I think that you just never know. Um, you know, I mean, I, I captain Sun away to Burnley like seven or eight game weeks ago, and 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 he blanked. And that just sometimes the the home team is just going to stand up and 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 just and shut down. Uh, you know, a, a really good attack. And so I, I I agree with you there. I mean, okay, maybe Huddersfield is an exception, but I mean, what about Pogba as a, as a possible triple captain for? Uh, for game week 37 or 38, I mean, is that just too unpalatable because of, I mean, he, they played Cardiff in game week 38, final game week of the season, possibly his final Man United match. Yeah. Um, you could see him just going off in that match, right? You really could. The problem is recent form and mm-hmm. is, and Pogba, as Mourinho has noted many times, can really only play during stretches that last as long or shorter than the World Cup is. So... Mm-hmm. Is Pogba going to snap back into form before the end of the season, or is he just completely checked out? You really worry that Manchester United are bottoming out at this point, um, and and can they bounce back? If they will, it will almost certainly be against these crummy teams, Huddersfield, Cardiff, the last two weeks. For me mm-hmm. to have any confidence to play that triple captain on him, though, I think I have to see Pogba do something before I have the confidence to play the triple captainship. If he did anything today, if he even I guess if he does anything in the Manchester Derby, maybe that helps make the mm-hmm. case for triple captain him later. But I mean, do you have any confidence that Pogba's form or that Manchester United team form is going to come back in any meaningful way? No. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes like when you play teams as bad as Cardiff and Huddersfield, I mean, I, Cardiff, I suppose, could still be playing to stay up in, yeah, uh, yes. yeah. in game week 38, uh, in which case that could be a really tricky match and not, not necessarily a, a huge blowout. Um, no, I, I think all things being equal. I mean, the thing about Pogba, too, is it, it, he's kind of penalty reliant, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's a that's a dangerous thing. I don't really want to be in a position where I'm captaining somebody who who needs someone to get fouled in the box, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then score a penalty, obviously. Uh, so, I mean, okay, this brings us to game week 36 then, um, you know, Max says whom to triple captain for 36, Salah or Mane. I'm going to put the question to you, Brandon, are you planning to use triple captainship in game week 36? Yeah, it's, it's the plan right now to triple captain okay. Mo Salah in 36. Now, okay. <sighs> I don't, I'm not feeling awesome. Yeah. I'm not feeling awesome about it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it is the, it is that, you know, niggling rotation concern. That's one thing. It's also the fact that, you know, you, you want to believe that Salah is that explosive player and he has not shown it. He wasn't able to show it today against, um, against uh, whoever the heck they were playing. Um, yeah, against Cardiff. Yep. Against yep. Cardiff. Yeah, um, I'm totally dialed in, guys. Uh, so it feels very hopeful, and I think we we talked we talked a little bit more theoretically about the chip, triple captainship, you know, like a month ago, where it's it's probably best served when you have a player that is just really in the midst of a rich vein of form, mm-hmm. and uh, like Raheem Sterling. 
I would much rather play a chip on a guy like Raheem that is in form like Raheem Sterling as opposed yeah. to Mo Salah who is crucifying reporters who are just asking him how he's feeling. He's like, I feel great. Obviously, my yeah. stats show that I'm the best player on the planet. I'm not <laughs> defensive at all about the fact that I'm not close to the form I was last season. No yeah. problem. Yeah. So that's the worry. And um, I'll tell you, I, there is there is a we talk about the fun factor. There is a mm-hmm. real case to be made for the excitement of going into game week 38 with such a. I mean, it's block. It's not blockbuster in that you're really going to gain on your mini league leader by playing a triple captain chip. I don't think you're going to be able to do that in game week 38. But just to go into Super Sunday um, with that in your back pocket does sound like a lot of fun, doesn't it? It does sound like fun. Um, I'm really Liverpool triple captain thing. It's really tricky. I have not. I have not decided yet. I don't even have. I don't even have Mane or Salah in my team yet, so um, it's hard for me to think about triple captain. But I have to, I have to actually transfer one of them in first. Um, I am leaning towards not using it. I, okay, I, just on the triple captain thing. It, you know, you, as you were just saying a minute ago, it's not like a magic bullet, right? Yeah. Like if I just if I just captain. I mean, it sounds like more because it's one is captain and one is triple captain. <laughs> so it sounds like it's triple, you know. But it's really <laughs> it literally it's really is. a captain. <laughs> Yeah, but a captain is a double captain, right? I mean, it's like you, you are doubling up on on the on the player already. So it's I like just, a third captainship plus the plus one third captain. Yeah, exactly. So I yeah, plus thirty three percent or whatever. So I feel like um, that I, I, I my what I'm inclined to do is is wait until game week thirty eight. Um, I'm not really sure why. I mean, I guess it's just because I feel like there's going to be a decent chance that that Leicester, that Liverpool and Man City are still playing for the league at that point. Mm-hmm. And I would love to captain Liverpool at home to Wolves in that game week 30 way. Like Captain Mon- like you know, like Liverpool just need to win. You know, it's a huge match. They play their best squad. Um, you could just see them destroying Wolves, right? We just have nothing to play for at that point. It's maybe maybe a Europa League spot, but certainly Wolves playing for a chance at a Europa League spot versus you know uh, versus Liverpool playing to win the league. Yeah, you know, right. uh, the stakes are pretty significantly different. So yeah. um, that would be tempting. I think Man City um, at home to Leicester in game week thirty seven is a really tempting fixture as well. I mean, I I think they could really tear up Leicester in that match. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I think that's a that's a tempting one too. I mean, God, like just imagining Aguero going up against like Wes Morgan uh, in thirty seven. I mean, it's just like, oh, it's like it's so tempting to captain him for that one. So, but okay, but if I were to, and I feel like we're just like all over the place theoretically right now. But like, if if Liverpool were not playing Barcelona on Tuesday of next week, I would probably triple captain Sadio Mane, mm-hmm. and I think that just the like the ten percent doubt. Five percent, whatever it is, the small doubt that he doesn't play mm-hmm. or or comes off the bench or something is just enough to to to, to like just to like make him less attractive to me as a as a triple captain option. Yeah. Um. Does that does that track with you? Do you understand? It does. It it, it yeah. does. Yeah. I think what I'm going to be waiting for is Klopp to emphatically look in the camera and point at me and say, you know, this is the lineup that I'm playing. <laughs> just look at the well, camera. Says, he, this is the lineup of play. He says, "Goalkeeper Allison." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he Defenders. looks. He looks at the reporter Mon- and he's like, "Do we have time for this?" Great. Okay. <laughs> Starting center backs: Mon- Virgil Van Dijk, Mon- Gomez, <laughs> Mata. Yeah. So, uh, uh, 
I, I think that we can't underline it enough though. Like your best case scenario, imagine your, your cap, your triple captain player gets 10, 10 points. That's triple. Mm-hmm. It's 30 points as opposed to yeah. you have just captained them, which is 20 points. So your yeah. net gain is 10 points. Right. Right. It's, <sighs> it's, it's just, you know, I, I just so don't want, I, I don't want F, well, I guess I don't want to undermine its value, but I also don't want managers out there to just be freaking out about this. I, yeah, I actually it, like the triple yeah. captainship because it feels like it's just one for fun. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, the the bench boost chip is is a really tricky one. The, the free hit is obviously the same way. With bench boost, you really feel like I mean, it's four different players, and all you need is one Gerald Delafeo type to go off, right? I mean, uh, the Delafeo's return in this Watford game, or, or you know, in the Huddersfield game, was the dream scenario for a triple captain. Right mm-hmm. to get sixteen points. That's just from one player. So, like, yeah, this, the stakes I think are a lot higher for that one. I think for the triple captain, it, it's kind of fluky. And I mean, as we saw, you know, in game week twenty four or twenty five or whatever it was, um, you just never know when like a Leroy Sané is going to get fifty nine minutes across two fixtures. You know, yeah. it's, you just never know when it's you know even a, even a double game. I feel like in like seasons past, you've got people have triple captain Lukaku or something, and he's just done nothing and so yeah it's uh it's i agree it's, it's a slightly overrated chip i think in some ways all right here's some curveball thinking from danny bean he says triple captain dilemma has to be liverpool v huddersfield for me but genuinely torn between using it on a defender or an attacker trent keeps getting assists and bonus i really think i may use it on him but you're gonna say money right so we're talking yeah. about all this um agita over the starting lineup against huddersfield the one player or the two players you could sort of guarantee will start would be Allison and Virgil van Dyke. If you had van mm-hmm. Dyke, would that enter into your mind at all? If you're thinking about triple captain CN 36? No, no, it wouldn't. I mean, first of all, I think they're gonna score a lot of goals in that match. So he'd have to get a goal, you know, otherwise I'm just getting six points, which if I get six points from a triple captain. I'm going to feel like I kind of blew it. You know, you really um, screwed the pooch. Really screwed the pooch. So, um, so no, I wouldn't. I mean, I understand the Trent Alexander Arnold argument. I, I don't hate it as a pick, especially if you're like really trying to make up ground or just want to be creative or have fun or whatever. Um, I mean, I because I think he either plays or he doesn't play, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, and he, you know, I don't think he if, if he didn't start the Huddersfield match, I bet he just wouldn't even make the eighteen. Um, so I think that's I think that's fine. Um, which is not the which is you know it's more of a concern. Like there's no way to me, Mane or Salah just don't make the eighteen for Huddersfield. They're they're going to get minutes, you know. But do I want a triple captain player who might come on in the sixty third minute? You know, that's like that's the concern. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's reasonable. I just don't think um, I think the range of points that you might get. You know, I've been thinking about this like range idea a little more recently. And, you know, the range of points for a Van Dyke is between like two and nine, you know, roughly. And, you know, the range of points for a, for a you know, for a Mane or a Sala is, you know, three to 16 or thereabouts. You know, it's just I, I the, 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 the ceiling for those players is so much higher. And so I think that's where I that's why I want to go with the triple captain on one of them. Yeah, I like that logic. I think that's the right way to think about it. And I th- it's kind of um, thinking that we're in- employing when you talk about, do I want to be doubled up on Liverpool defense versus Liverpool attack heading into the run-in? And it seems right. like we're we're both leaning toward doubling up on Liverpool attack for that reason. Yeah, I yeah, exactly. It's just, it, it just, it just, it just more, and it's also more fun, as you said before. It's just, it's fun to... You know, you just don't know where. Like, it could be huge. You know, they could they could score eight goals in that match. Like, who knows? 
Uh, all right, Brandon, let's take a quick break. Uh, we've got a, just, uh, we have a, like an honestly short lighting round this time, and uh, and then we're going to sign off. Great. And now's the time we talk about our friends at Starting Eleven, the live Premier League fantasy app that you can play for free or cash prizes. Starting Eleven is available now for your iPhone or Android device. Josh, any day in which there are two or more Premier League matches, pick your best 11-man squad. No budgetary restrictions at all. Starting Eleven lets me make, make live in-game substitutions just like you're a, a real-life manager. Thousands of people around the world are competing for cash and for pride playing this daily Premier League fantasy app. If you have an iPhone, Josh, you rocking your iPhone today or your Android device? I've, I've got them both, actually. I've, I, I, I'm doing it like kind of like a stereo thing where I've got one in one ear, one of the other. So awesome. It's, uh, it's awesome. A, or yeah, just like yeah. your favorite move in the hit video game, Quake, you're dual wielding. I like that very much. <laughs> All right. So if you're on an iOS, cash games are live now in the UK, US, Canada and Germany. And if you're on an Android in your left hand, Josh, that's right. Cash mm-hmm. games are yep. also live in the UK or just pick up the app and play for free wherever you are. You can challenge people in the pub at the stadium, wherever you happen to be. So visit starting11.io for more details, helpful video tutorials, or just hit up the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to download the app today. Brendan, I just want to note that you can play Starting Eleven. You mentioned this before, but I want to I want to hit on I want to hit that hammer on that nail. Hit it, John. Uh, yeah, you, there you can play any any day. There are two or more matches, Brendan. There are two matches on Tuesday. There are two matches on Wednesday. If you want to see what the Starting Eleven thing is all about, you can pop on. Try it out. Maybe you load up on. Uh, maybe you finally have Gerald Delafeu on your team, and you know what I've been, what I've been experiencing—the joy that I've had all five days that I've owned him—and uh, you can do that with starting eleven in midweek. So, Brandon, don't waste your money gambling on things you don't understand. Be smart and participate in a game that you do. Download starting eleven today. Brandon, we're back. Lightning round time. We only have three questions. I'm not even going to do my normal joke about us not going long because we actually can't go long this time. Three questions. First question from Nav555. He says, who's going to win the league? Um, Putting it, us on the spot here. It's before the it, main it really the Manchester is. Derby. You know, I'm I'm a neutral as a Fulham supporter. My team is is long gone. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm, oh, they my, played better the last two. two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cla- classic <laughs> relegation narrative, right? That uh, as soon yeah. as they have nothing left to play for, they they turn it on. My heart wants Liverpool. I personally will be rooting for Liverpool to finally win the league, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Manchester City will win. Yes, uh, I agree. I wish I had a more controversial thing to say here, but I, I agree. I think it's just like, it feels like it's not ending well. <laughs> it, like, it feels like we're watching the end of the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer era like so quickly. It's like it's totally unfair to him. Like he's won like two matches, and everyone's talking about I mean, how he's a bad hire. It's, it was so stupid for that club to offer him what was it a three year contract? Time. Like why? Why did just they let do him that? be the keep the pressure on for the interim tag? It's yeah. it's really more about putting the pressure on the players than it was on him. I think, and I I doubt that he's changed his managerial style since he became full time. So. They should have brought in a bunch of caretaker midfielders. That's what they should have done, and then then that would have kept the, the yeah. form of the team going. This is still it's a night match in Old Trafford. I mean, the fans are it's going to be like it's going to be amazing. I, I I imagine. I mean, I you know, I mean, yeah. The the you know, also by the way, Arsenal losing. 
um, at Palace was huge for Man- Manchester United because they now can get a Champions League spot too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which was which was looking like it was off the table, but Arsenal dropping three points was huge for them. So if they were to beat Man City, they would actually, I think, move. Well, it depended on what Arsenal did away to Wolves. But if Arsenal lost to Wolves and they won, I think they would actually leap them and uh, have a chance at that spot. Yeah, so. it's it's really tight. Yeah. Chelsea also has 66 points. So it's right all contingent yeah. on what, what Chelsea does as well. And not that yeah. they're in any great form at the moment. So it's not some like dead rubber for Man, Man United either. It's a it's a huge match for them too. Um, so this idea that they're just going to roll hey, over. And Spurs, by the way, are on 67 points. Like they're... It could be. Yeah. It could conceivably Chelsea and Manchester United in three and four. I, 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 it's crazy yeah. how bi- how big six the season really is. I mean, because yeah. you got those six teams all within like two points of each other, yeah. and then uh, so you have to drop points. fifteen yeah. points down for Everton. So that's wild. Um, yeah. So I, I think I, I agree with you there, but I, I do. I don't know. I mean, I, I hope that Manchester United win. I'm I'm gonna root for them at midweek. I mean, I I like. I actually like Man City. I mean, they're a fun team to watch, and I, I respect Pep. But um, it's just the you know the story of Liverpool winning finally you know would be. I mean, Man City won three times in the last seven years or whatever. Like, like it'd be great if Liverpool won. So, uh, you know, from in my in my completely American biased opinion, where I haven't I, I've not hated Liverpool my entire life the way a lot of uh, people in the UK have. <laughs> uh, Next question from FPL Thunder, uh, Jeff. He says, uh, hi, guys. After a few tricky game weeks, I find myself on the beach. Uh, overall rank doesn't really concern me at this stage. Uh, what outlandish ideas can you suggest for me to enjoy the last three game weeks on a whole new level? Uh, yeah, uh, we talk about this um, occasionally at this point in the season where it's a good time to actually set a head-to-head league with a close friend of yours or a partner or somebody who also plays the game that – you're close sure. with, and you could just do a three-week head-to-head competition, uh, which I like is that. It's um, a great idea. Or just put some, you know, put a moderate amount of money down on, uh, like who can get the most points, you know, this game week or that game week. I don't know. I don't want to totally just go toward. You can't have fun without putting money on it. <laughs> no, but that is a fun idea. Like, find one friend. Maybe it's someone who, el- someone else who's just out of it right now. Like, maybe you're both. Three hundred and seventy-eight thousand in the world, or whatever, and you're like, you know what? We're going to start a three-week league where we just play head-to-head against each other. You can even set it up within the game itself. I don't think you've they've they've removed the head-to-head league capability. So three weeks, right? So it's totally even. You'd have three games to do it, um, and then it's just best two out of three. Um, and yeah, like you said, maybe you put a little money on the line. Um, so I think that's that's one way to do it. I think that um, I think I was talking about formations earlier. I think that tinkering with formations could be kind of fun. Like just, I mean, you know, I guess the obvious answer is like captain someone who people aren't going to captain, which obviously is one way to, that's the boring way to do it. Yeah. But like maybe, maybe you go with five defenders. You try that out for the first time, you know, maybe you, uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe you, uh, or see how you do with, uh, you can only pick players who have less than 5% ownership, that old game, or yeah. you can only pick yeah. players who are sub 7 million in their price tag and see how far you get. Yeah, find some player that you've always wanted to have in your team, but have never had for whatever reason. Maybe maybe get that guy with the pencil mustache in Liverpool. <laughs> I don't <Old> hammerhead. <laughs> uh, and Brandon, I've got a, an important final question for you. FPL Cray Digger says, "Is Walcott essential?" You saved the easiest question for last, Josh, <laughs> and it's an emphatic yes. I mean, anyone who can <laughs> anyone who can score on uh, that woeful defensive performance of Manchester United, it's got to be Walcott. Sure. It's got to be him. 
Yeah. Uh, Palace, Burnley, Spurs. I don't know. They don't even have good fixtures. It's, yeah. <laughs> ever, I, I mean, God bless them. They're playing really well right now. But um, what was no, going I, I on with Richarlison in that game? He was just like writhing around the, uh, the, the field. It the sounded like he heard half. a really funny joke, right? Because he kept, <laughs> he was holding his ribs like yeah. the entire game. Yeah. Was, the, he, he kept yelling at the bench. Oh my sides! Oh my sides! And they thought he had broken a rib, but he was. He, they got out there and Someone he's actually told like, him a joke. Yeah, the like, ref had whispered a, like a little, like a yeah, a very naughty limerick mm-hmm, in his ear, mm-hmm. and he just kept repeating it over and yeah, over. There once um, was a striker from from Nantucket. <laughs> Um, all right. That is the podcast. It's kind of a weird one, I know, but it's always these midweek ones are are, are, are always strange because there's so many things left to be decided. But uh, hopefully some of this discussion was useful to you. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the pod, if you'd like to support the podcast, uh, we will have a special, much more drilled down podcast. Uh, Patreon exclusive podcast that we'll be doing. I'll record that probably on Wednesday night, maybe Thursday night. Uh, actually, no, it had to be Wednesday because my, my mother is coming to town on Thursday. So Wednesday night, I'll be doing a Patreon podcast after the Manchester Derby is over. Uh, and also the equally important Arsenal Wolves game, by the way, that's a huge match too. Yeah. Um, so I'll be, I'll be talking there. Um, and uh, yeah, so go to patreon.com slash always cheating for that. Uh, Brennan, can you thank our producers, please? Yeah, always cheating producers. Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Street, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley, Chris Howell, Raphael Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, Chris Carter, DeBig Gaffer, Danny Evans, Babas Kuhn, Jeff Husbenawile, Ben Grant, James Holland, Matt Ritter, Oyvind Anderson, and Kajitan. Thanks to all of you for producing the show. And if you can give us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, uh, really anywhere. I, I don't think you can review people on SoundCloud, but anywhere you can review a podcast. If you could just take 20 seconds to do that or even just give us a five-star rating, uh, that helps us to find more people and and feel like this whole endeavor is uh, – not just a, a waste of our lives. Uh, Brandon, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters, H-A-L Cheaters. Uh, Instagram, we're also Hail Cheaters. Uh, Facebook, it's facebook.com slash always cheating. Email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And if they've missed all of this, Brandon, and zoned out, where can they find more? Go to our website, alwayscheating.com, where we also have an always cheating store. Do you right. do you hate the fact that you only think about always cheating when you're listening to the podcast? How about an <laughs> always cheating coffee cup? So every morning when you're sipping your coffee or afternoon when you've got your your afternoon tea going, you can think about me and Josh and and wonder what we're doing with our free time. Not that we have any, but yeah, head to alwayscheating.com <laughs> for more info on us and the store and all that jazz. That's right. Uh, for that's and that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, uh, and and we'll be you know, probably like sorting through the wreckage of Game Week Thirty Six. You know, it'll be a God knows what we're going to be talking about after that one. Yeah. For Brandon Kelly, I'm Josh Landon signing off, and I'll sign off for our foreign correspondent Poku, wherever you are, my friend. Rest, rest easy, sweet Poku. Hail <laughs> cheaters. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, 
but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.